at it, the Double I Show Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition. We are in the NFC North today. Rawr! That's my bear growl. T Bombo, what'd you think about that, man? You guys with me today? Impressive. No, I thought that was kind of weak. Yeah, I didn't want to get crazy, man, but yeah, I just sort of played it up a little bit. But all right, man. So we're going to talk about each team in the division like we've been doing. We're going to point out some fantasy relevant guys and give our takes. You guys ready? Bombo, you ready? Ready to go. Let's do it. All right, man. We're going to do it. I know you're ready, T. Let's do it. We're going to start with the Green Bay Packers. Now, obviously, right, I mean, the, I, I guess the the main thing for their offense to go is Aaron Rodgers. But this douche, you know, he held out again at the end of the year. Not sure if I'm going to play. I want more money. I don't have enough money. And that little baby bullshit basically didn't allow him to have money to sign. Devontae Adams. And I think that that, to me, I think it's a big part of fantasy. It may not be equated into wins and losses for them, and they might squeak out shit, but there's not that fantasy stud over there, I don't think, in that receiving core anymore. And Rodgers, who is who he is, he'll get his yards. He'll figure them out. But the reality is, man, you're throwing to Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. Your backups are the rookie Christian Watson, who I'm very intrigued with. He's a big body kid, but I think he's a year away. But if anybody can make him better than what he really is, it's probably going to be Aaron Rodgers. You have Amari Rodgers and Romeo Dobbs. That's really it, man. And to me, I think that's what's going to hurt their fantasy wise on that core is that receiving core just isn't going to have that stud. You can't lose a guy like Devontae Adams in fantasy to that team and just replace him. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be almost like a la Kansas City losing Tyreek Hill. Now he's just going to spread that shit around. I think in the backfield's a little bit different. I think Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones is really intriguing as well. And I think I it might have been Bombo talked about it. You know, with Naeem Hines how they want to get him on the field, get him in space and they want to keep Aaron Jones on the field, but they know they got AJ Dillon. And A.J. Dillon is a solid running back. And A.J. Dillon's really built for Lambeau Field. I mean, think about it, right, guys? Winner, the tundra, all the stuff over there. And you just need a big bruising running back who's going to hit guys when it's fucking 20 below because guys don't even want to tackle anybody when it's that cold. And they definitely don't want to hit the ground. So it makes a difference. And you got a guy like A.J. Dillon, at the end of the game, he can run that clock out and just beat you down. Aaron Jones has the second most touchdowns as a running back in the last three years combined. So he's been very productive since he's taken off. And I think Aaron Jones, what Aaron Jones brings is that guy in space, that guy in space that could make one, two guys miss. And he's going to the house. He's got that speed. He's got that discipline to keep his body straight and upright and moving North and South. And it's really difficult for guys to to catch him once they get they can't get an angle on him. He's that fast, so he has that breakaway ability, and I think that's what makes him is been making him consistent. He hasn't. I'm not saying he's breaking like you know fifty, sixty yard touchdown runs, but you'll see in every game, guys, he's breaking a twenty or thirty yard run, and especially when you get those bonus points for the hundred yard games and stuff, he does really well. You know, even thinking he doesn't get 20 carries all the time. He's in that 15 to 17 carries, you know, type of of area. 
And it's really difficult for him to get more than that predicated in that offense. I don't know how it's going to be now. Nathaniel Hackett, their offensive coordinators left. And I, I, I truly believe they're going to basically mirror their offense because of Aaron Rodgers. They just basically either, you know, the guy they got now is going to mirror what they were doing. He's not going to change many things drastically because it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll just cry like a baby and call his plays or do whatever else and make a stink in the media. So I think it's really hard to, to pick a guy on this team other than a guy like Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, or Aaron Rodgers. And really, you looking at Aaron Jones, his ADP is probably the highest out of the three. You know, I'm talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers. We talked about that depth earlier on one of the shows at quarterback, just in the entire league. And Aaron Rodgers used to be, I'd say two years ago, before he made his MVP run with Devontae Adams, a top three or four fantasy quarterback. Now, without him, I think people are going to shy away from him. And I don't know if they necessarily have to. And that's the thing that's really difficult to gauge this year, guys. But again, if I'm sitting there with my finger in my cornhole and I didn't really pick a quarterback and all of a sudden I look up and the only one left is Aaron Rodgers, okay, man, I get stuck with Aaron Rodgers, I get stuck with him. The only caveat here, guys, I'm just got to throw it out, is T knows this, Bombo, I'm a, I'm a Bear fan for life, and I hate everybody on the Packers, and I definitely hate me some Aaron Rodgers. I definitely don't want that guy to be my quarterback. But if I had to take him, guys, you know, in that 10th, 11th quarterback, why not? You know, I think A.J. Dillon's intriguing here. I like A.J. Dillon a lot. But you still have to contend with Aaron Jones's touches. They're not going to not let him touch the ball. It isn't like he isn't being productive. And A.J. Dillon's being very productive, too. So I just don't know really the fantasy relevance of either one of those guys compared to their ADP. I think it's going to be a little bit tough picking those guys, and maybe they're going to struggle in the beginning of the year scoring points, but their defense is decent. So they should be in a lot of games. So, But fantasy-wise, it's going to be tough there, guys. What do you think? I agree. I, don't, I think the running game for the Packers, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, they've been at the doorstep of the Super Bowl for the past couple of years, really relying on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And before A.J. Dillon was there, Williams just – relying on that two-headed monster. It's gotten where they need to be. And I believe the only real pass catcher, I mean, receiver that you can trust on that team is Lazard. Look at, I mean, this is the off-season of the Aaron Rodgers heel turn, right? I mean, this guy's proven to be a scumbag, in my opinion, but he has his guys. And you see the evolution of their wide receiver, their go-to wide receiver. And it went from Donald Driver to Greg Jennings, from Greg Jennings to Jordy Nelson, from Jordy Nelson to Devontae Adams, and really nobody in between. You know, you had your Randall Cobb here and there, Ty Montgomery here and there. But when he focuses on his guy, it's the next guy up. And in this offense, it's Alan Lazard. It was a big step down from Devontae Adams. But I think Aaron Rodgers wants to prove he's that guy and he's going to force feed Lazard. He's going to force feed Tanya at, at, at that too because that's another guy that he trusts. But yeah, I, I see that that team regressing and you're right. When, from a fantasy standpoint, it might just be the backs and Aaron Rodgers that you should be drafting. Yeah, Bombo, now I know Tanyan's coming off an injury. Do you know what his status is right now? He's by any uh, off the pup list and going to start. Okay, so that's good. That means he's not going to, even if he's going to miss a game, they think he might only miss the first one. Because you can right. go to a, the pup that would take you to two games and then the other one to six or something, right? 
Right. So, so he's just getting acclimated right now, but he didn't, hasn't played any preseason games and no contact as of right. yet. Gotcha. And, and I like him too. And you're right. I think just the fact that Aaron Rodgers trusts these guys and has some kind of rapport with them. And I think Alan Lazard, where do you think Alan Lazard, you know, say T, where do you think Alan Lazard should be drafted? Quite honestly, probably the third round. Whoa. We're in that mix. I wouldn't go too high. That's on high. You know, I, the one thing that the, well, yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't go, you know, first or second round. Absolutely not. You know, I understand third round could be kind of high, but I also think he's going to get the the bulk of the catches there. So because of that, you're, you know, you're going to look for a guy that wants touches, right? We always say that he's going to get touches and that's who you got to go after. But the one thing that I didn't like, and you guys didn't touch on, and it, you know, obviously this is the drama that surrounds Aaron Rodgers. And, and, you know, Bombo's right. I think he's a scumbag too. But one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way, even from a fantasy standpoint, is when he was publicly already calling out some of these wide receivers. You know, that, that, that type of thing to me, it's just dirtbaggish. You don't do that in the public. You know, yeah, if you're going to tell these guys that you got to make catches, if I'm going to throw it to you, you got to start making plays, things like that. Absolutely. That happens all the time. And quarterbacks call these guys out all the time, but you do it behind closed doors. You don't do it publicly like that. And there was no call for it, to be honest with you. So I really don't think that there's going to be great chemistry over there, especially with the younger guys, only because the guy's just, he's just so salty with everybody. No, that's a good point. You know, but Aaron Rodgers is who he is. He's been a douchebag his whole career. So it's just being more magnified now. But all right, man. So let's go ahead and keep his ball rolling. Who's up next? I'll take it with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, th- this is this is another one of those situations, kind of like what, you know, you guys called out before, where we have so much movement during the offseason, right? And for the Minnesota Vikings, it really wasn't movement from players and trades and all the kind of craziness. No, it was coaching, right? So they ousted their other coach. Now they got a they actually have an offensive-minded head coach who's, you know, kind of that West Coast offense type of guy. And you got Kirk Cousins, who didn't get along with his previous head coach. So now it kind of stands to, to show what can Cousins really do with an offensive-minded head coach. He Hopefully, it, you know, right now, obviously, new head coach, there's all kinds of love going on over there. But let's, let's, let's see what they can really do. And hopefully, Kirk Cousins can have a decent season, right? I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, but... If we're talking from a fantasy standpoint, Kirk Cousins is always very relevant. Bombo pointed out in a previous show that, you know, yeah, Matty Ice may not, you know, be all any of our picks. However, when you talk to statistically and where he lands from a fantasy standpoint, to me, Kirk Cousins is one of those types of guys, right? He's not sexy. He's not the top guy. He's not on any of our lists, you know, but at the end of the day or at the end of the season, he's always finding himself in the mix from a fantasy standpoint. He puts up the numbers. So because of that, you know, you got to look at him and then that leads you into who's he throwing to, right? So obviously you got the probably arguably the third best wide receiver from a, from a numbers and, and just sheer fantasy points perspective in Justin Jefferson. He's only behind Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams the last couple seasons. And I really think this guy's going to take a, an even bigger step because it's an offensive minded head coach. So you know that they're going to they're going to make him that focal point. Cause let's face it, guys, Thielen 
He's getting up there in age. He's the old guy in the room. He's a slot guy anyway. He's a possession type of guy. But he was the the security blanket for Cousins for so many years. Now Je- Justin Jefferson is that guy. He's emerging. Yes, he's a boom bust type of guy from week to week. At least he was last season. And, you know, one week he can have three catches for over 100 yards. And the next week he can go the whole game with barely 40, 50 yards in catching. So, it's one of those types of situations where I think Jefferson is going to emerge as the number one guy. He's going to get those points. He's already the number one guy. He has been, but you're going to see that consistency coming out of him this year, which again, as I was mentioning with Adam Thielen, Thielen, he's going to be serviceable. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to get the numbers only because Cousins still loves him and loves throwing to him. Is he going to be one of those top guys that you're going to want to draft? Absolutely not. But I look for number three, number four receiver picked on your team. If you're looking to to get a guy that's going to get you numbers that you could just kind of plug in. And then you got to look at the, the running back situation over there. You got Delvin Cook, right? Delvin Cook. There was some question marks about him coming into this season only because he has some legal issues off the field. And that can keeps getting pushed down the road, right? And so now they've already tabled it for this year. There is no lawsuit questions going into this year because it's going into 2023. So this year he can focus purely on football. He can worry about that running game. Last year was kind of so-so, but I think that he's look at him to take a really heavy load this year. I think he's going to have a a very excellent fantasy relevant year this year. Last year was just kind of whatever. I expect him to do big things this year from a fantasy running back standpoint. And then the lastly, tight end. I know we don't really have a lot of tight ends that we could talk about, but you have Irv Smith Jr. there. And, you know, they let Conklin walk. You know, Conklin's gone. So he's going to be the guy over there, right? And he's going to carry the bulk of the loads. He's fast. He ran a 4.63 40-yard dash. So look for this guy to be a big part of this offense and he's going to get a lot of touches and a lot of looks from a tight end in this in this type of offense this year. And that's my take on the Minnesota Vikings, guys. No, hey, great takes, T. You know, I think that you you hit a lot of of key points, you know, and I think that this is I think this might be a make or break it year for a couple guys on that team being there's a new regime. One of them maybe being Dalvin cook. You know, I, I like Dalvin cooks backup only because we've seen him a lot, but Alexander Madison is somebody that I think needs to be mentioned because he does have some relevance and KJ Osborne, KJ Osborne had a little bit of some flash oh, year, right. year, you know, as a receiver. And I think Thielen's going to look, Thielen is good. And Thielen was really good, but you saw it the last couple of seasons with his regression. It just seems like his body's breaking down. So I think KJ Osborne might even be a little bit more fantasy relevant this year than last year and take a little bit away of that shine from Adam Thielen. You know, but I love Justin Jefferson there. I got to say, though, you're right. You're right. And I should have mentioned Madison Moore. You know, he does have a high ceiling and and for a running back handcuff combo, they they do really complement each other quite well. Yeah, but it's like we said, right? I mean, we talked about that pre-show. It's just hard to name all the handcuffs and everything. I just wanted to throw it out there just because in the last couple of seasons, Dalvin Cook has missed a lot of games. And I think the the key for him here is just to stay on the field. So we're going to go ahead and move on, man. Great takes. Everything was spot on there. Good job, T. Bombo, you got the Chicago Bears. Bear down. 
Let me start by saying that I am not like some of the other talking heads that have the Bears as being these cellar dwellers of the NFC, being one of the worst teams in the league. I think that they do have some weapons there, and and they are fully Thank embracing you, the Appreciate they you. are fu- fully embracing the rebuild the correct way, in my in my opinion. But the talent is there to to win them some games, and we're talking about fantasy here. They they have the talent to put up fantasy points, and it starts with the quarterback, Justin Fields. I watched Justin a lot of Justin Fields, right? College. I'm on him. I, I, I like this guy, even with the with a quote unquote lack of weapons around him. I think I seen enough and from him starting last year to probably go out on a limb and say he might be this year's Jalen Hurts, minus the playoff appearance. He's gonna do a lot with less and everyone's gonna see it. He's an elite runner, he's got an arm, and Every little thing that he needs to work on, he's working on it. And not only is he working on it, but he's putting it on film that he's producing results. He's got a, you know, he's got a great back shoulder pass that if you're looking at any of these highlights of practice, he's got that back shoulder fade down. Um, he's developing chemistry with his receivers. He's developing chemistry with the tight end. And, and he's really taking that next step to be a leader on this team. But let's talk about fantasy here, right? what he can do with his legs, what, what he, the potential that he has as far as never coming out of the game. He's going to play in garbage time. He, he's going to rack up yards. And we're looking at, you know, if he keeps the interceptions down, his floor may be in the, you know, 20-ish range. You know, someone, you know, someone take Taysom Hill, for example. This guy statistically will put up a horrible stinker game in the game of 27 to 30 points just off of what he's doing with his legs and big plays. The guy has big play potential written all over him. I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. And if you can steal him in your draft, I say it's someone that could possibly win you your league. Brings us to the running back position, David Montgomery. I'm going to have to also throw in Khalil Herbert. I think Khalil Herbert is probably one of the biggest handcuffs that you can have in fantasy this year. Montgomery is who he is, right? He's sort of a Joe Mixon type, you know, a, a solid RB2. If you go zero running back and you have to use him as your RB1, he's going to get you, you know, a serviceable amount of points. He has PPR upside because he does catch out of the backfield. The touchdowns might be, you know, few and far between, but you know, when you have a solid floor like Montgomery has, he's just a good guy to have on your, on your team. But Herbert, the reason why he's high on my handcuffs list is if you've been watching any of these games, that kid runs hard. He can catch, he has a bit more of burst than Montgomery. And he, from what I'm seeing, he's making the most out of the deficiencies of the offensive line. Herbert just runs really well. When he came in last year, he pretty much made Damian Williams a non-factor. And as long as that kid is, is, it gets the opportunities, I think he can shine. I know Montgomery's probably on, you know, on the downside with this organization and maybe looking to move him or he may be looking to get somewhere else. But if, as long as they're keeping Herbert, I, I like where the Bears are, running game is going. I'm really high on Herbert. I think both backs should be rostered. And when it comes down later on in the year, I think these are just great, like you mentioned earlier, great cold weather runners. And then pass catchers really comes down to two names, right? Darn, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Darnell Mooney has shown flashes. I know that there's memes and stuff going out there like, hey, imagine routing up a guy this bad and not getting the ball thrown to you. This guy has is put on film routing up Jalen Ramsey. He's a great route runner. He has hands. He just needs someone to get him the ball consistently. And I know that he's been working with Justin Fields. And I think he has the potential to be, you know, an Emmanuel Sanders type player, you know, in his prime. He's not a 50-50 ball guy that you can just throw it up, but you don't need to. You can actually give this guy a slant and he could take it to the house and he could take the top off of a defense. Cole Komet is my guy at, at tight end. If you look at any Justin Fields highlight, it's Cole Komet catching the ball on the other side of that. He's going to... Justin Fields is going to extend plays with his legs and Cole Komet's going to get to that soft spot in the zone to get that ball. 
He's a big target in the red zone. He does, he's doesn't come off the field. He's a good blocker. I think that they have a real budding star in Cole Komet on that team. And you're just going to have to go through some of the ups and downs of going through a rebuild to really see it. But it's similar to like, you know, back in the day with Greg Olson and Cam type deal. If he was the only guy there, he's going to get fed and he's going to make the most out of it. And he just practices hard. He goes hard. So I'm a real big fan of Cole Komet. And I think that there's a lot more weapons around Justin Fields than the media has given him. And I'm expecting some really exciting fantasy numbers coming out of this team. Oh, great takes, Bob. I don't really like it. And I think Komet's really like primed to take that step. He's really better than people know. And it's not like people think because they don't even know who the fuck he is now. But I want to say thanks for the kick to the nuts. Reminding me about Greg Olson because you know who drafted him, right? Yes. And sir. you know why the Bears traded him, right? Yep. Because they had Mike Martz as their offensive coordinator who didn't use a tight end and said this guy wasn't going to be relevant. So, yeah. Hello. Hall of Famer, Dick. Anyways, yeah, they answer the Bears do. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. It, it, bears are going to bear. You know, and I, but, I think... You know what, to, to Bombo's... Go ahead, T. No, I was going to say real quick, to Bombo's point, the one thing that about Cole Komet's game that they've been really working on, and it's going it, to it's already showing up in this preseason, and not a lot of guys are catching on to this, is his biggest problem was the after-the-catch he would get hit and he would go down, you know, like like a sack of potatoes really easily. But now he's fighting for those extra yards. He's getting those extra yards after the catch. And those yards after the catch is really what is going to cement him as the number one tight end and, and really a breakout type of tight end this year. You know, and I think that's a good point. And I think that that's and I've, I've seen that as well demonstrated by him. It's a good point, T. But I think going to. Bombo's point earlier is what I've seen this preseason that I didn't see in him last year was he's getting the ball thrown to him 35 yards down the field because he's routing up these guys. So I, I mean, he's got the body and he can now, he can muscle for those extra yards, man. But remember T and that's the part that scares us. It should scare us because that's typically when those guys get those injuries, man, those, you know, horrific injuries when they're fighting for those extra yards. You know, instead of just going down. So it, it's going to be a crazy year there. They're, they are in a rebuild mode. And I don't think they're done shipping off guys. I think this year is going to play out and they'll ship off more guys. And I think it was a great point about David Montgomery. You know, but a little bit of a tidbit in here just for fantasy people. You know, I got a little inside information scoops from the Chi-Town area. And the big buzz in Chi-Town right now is Mr. Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims was a monster receiver coming out of Baylor and the Jets took him and he really hasn't done much there. He grew out of favor, you know, with the coaches and, but they know he's a physical specimen and he's basically demanded a trade out of the Jets. And before that demand, there was already a lot of buzz in Chicago that Chicago was working on trying to get this guy away from them. So I think his agent sort of knows that and maybe think that's a landing spot or maybe I'm putting two and two together, but Hey, I'll take Denzel Mims, man. All day. Right. I mean, I think that guy can, he can do things. And I just think it's, you know, what they were asking him to do his rookie year. He didn't like, I think he wants to be a really productive receiver. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but we're going to go ahead and keep rolling, man, and keep going through the division. Great takes Bombo, but I'm going to go ahead and jump on the mighty Detroit lions. Now, I know a couple of years ago, team, we talked about my boy, Dan Campbell, you know, and you would call him the meathead, but I really believe he instilled a culture in there. 
not necessarily a winning culture, but a fighting culture. And these guys aren't giving up and they're playing hard all the time, even when their record wasn't showing it. And then they made a crazy ass trade last year. And you know what? I think it was the best thing for them because it lets the organization move forward. Sure, Matt Stafford went and won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Longtime guy there forever was the franchise. But you know what? It was about done there for him. He needed a fresh start. And the reality is, is Jared Goff isn't horrible. He's not the greatest, but he's not horrible. He took the Rams to the Super Bowl. You know, and I think they pinned it on him, I guess. And I guess it sort of shows because in that system, Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl. So I guess it was the wrong guy. But Jared Goff's done well for them, too, in bringing that winning attitude there. I think that the other key component to changing the culture there was not just the coach and the quarterback. And I'm going to throw a name out, guys. And he's not too fantasy relevant, but he's what turned this team around. Then I'm going to throw around some fantasy names. But Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds was there in the Rams with Jared Goff. And he sort of brought that intensity and that need to practice hard and to win and the culture of you're never out of a game. They brought all that in. So knowing that, they sort of, it sort of jump-started everybody else and I think gave him a little bit more confidence. So obviously we just talked about Jared Goff and I don't think he's draftable. And that's just my opinion. You know what I mean? I wouldn't draft him as a starter if, I again, I'm sitting there with my finger in my ass and didn't look at any quarterbacks and now, fuck, it's the end of the draft and I don't have a backup and he's all that's there, I'd probably take him. I still think they'll chase some points this year. I don't think they're going to make that big a step in wins and losses. There's going to be a lot of behind games where he's got to throw in the fourth quarter. And I think the value there goes in their receiving core. And I think Amon Ross St. Brown showed a huge step last year. And I think he's the class of that receiving core. I think it's his receiving core. They do have an addition though, which I, and it's a wait and see. Everyone said he's looked good. I haven't seen him in a preseason game. I saw him run a couple routes, but they didn't even throw him the ball. But DJ Chark is there. I Pre-injury, I love me some DJ Chark. Big body receiver that can run like a deer down the sidelines. I love it. You know what I mean? Throw him the ball all day long. But I think it's a wait and see to see how he's coming off that injury or if he maybe need, needs a little bit more time. You know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be coveted that much by other fantasy owners. So I think if you're in the market for a DJ Chark, you can be strategic and pick him in a, later round and be safe knowing you can get a guy like that. But I think Amon Ross St. Brown is the guy there. You know, they have Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark, but Amon Ross St. Brown separated himself last year as a rookie. And I heard a guy, and you know, you always hear these beat writers and stuff coming out and this guy would not shut up about Amon Ross St. Brown last year. And I was like, who the fuck Amon Ross St. Brown? Like he really did anything in fucking college guys. This guy can separate and it's ridiculous how this guy separates. And what he does is he just creates an open target for the quarterback every time, especially if he's on man coverage. So it's it's almost like they have to throw him the ball. He's going to demand targets. I think his target share is going to increase this year. I think his completions will increase. I think his floor is probably 900, where his ceiling is probably about 12 or 1,300 yards this year. And I really don't even know where his ceiling could be in touchdowns only because of the they're going to be behind factor. right? I know what else they got there. And the one guy I want to talk about is I love me some DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift in the backfield, I think this kid is just electric. 
I think what he brings and when he hits that edge or he hits that hole and he just hits another gear, he is gone. He's had trouble staying on the field. He's really worked on his body, though, the last couple of seasons, and he's like everybody, right? They say in the NFL he's in the best shape he's been in his career coming into this year. We'll see if it translates, but he's already set the bar at himself at 2,000 yards. And I think he can get there if he plays a full season. I don't know if he can stay upright for the whole season. And that's the thing that that concerns me with him. His ADP is back into the first round, second round, you know, and I think there's guys that are willing to take him, you know, in that second, third pick. I think because of his upside, if he can stay on there, guys who got nuts enough to do that, you know, and I don't think that that's such a bad pick, but he's got to stay on the field for me. And I think that's a real, a real intriguing position there. They have Jamal Williams, the guy from Green Bay that Bombo spoke about before, you know what I mean, on, on, our, on our last one. there, And I, I get it, but this guy's going to make that engine run. And if DeAndre Swift stays on the field, I think the Lions are going to have success this year. I think they're going to do well. And I think everybody fantasy-wise, the Amon Ross, St. Browns, the DJ Charks, the DeAndre Swifts, even the Jared Goffs are going to have pretty decent seasons. So what you guys say? I'm actually really curious to know what you think about, you know, the rookie Williams over there at wide receiver. Well, I think he's going to get integrated into it, T, but I I really think that, especially in this offense, I think that he's going to have some splash plays. And the other guy I didn't mention, and I'm just going to say why, dude, because to me, this guy came out of college like he was going to be the shit. What do you talk about TJ Hawkinson? I mean, really, dude, am I going to waste any part of that on him? I don't, I couldn't. What's he done? True. Dude, he's supposed to be the next coming of tight end Jesus. And it didn't happen, bro. I mean, it's the, it's because he's got a big, I mean, and he had some flashes with Matt Stafford, but I didn't really see shit with Jared Goff and Jared Goff don't throw it in no fucking tight ends. So I don't know, dude. I mean, it's, it's intriguing. You know, and we'll see. And I think what it gives them is it gives them that other option, especially if DJ Chark can't really get, you know, in stride and, and really get in, un, you know, up to speed right away. You know, the rookie can help jump in there if he's ready to go. You know, he's still coming off an injury too, that kid. So I don't know when he's actually going to be ready to go. Maybe you guys got more info, but I, I think he's going to start probably the season on the pup. I don't know. I don't think, why would they risk it? This guy's the future of the thing. So that's why I don't, I didn't mention him. I didn't think he's going to be fantasy relevant this year. Have you guys heard about his injury? Fair point. I haven't heard anything, Bombo. I mean, it's been pretty quiet from them. No, and I I don't even know if he's practicing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and and that's going to, I mean, you know, it's, it's like a lot of things. And sometimes they don't want anybody to fucking know. And if no one's making a big deal about, hey, there's no info on this kid, they ain't going to say shit. Why? They don't want nobody to know. He might be ready for, you know, week three or four. I just think he's going to be a little bit later on in the year. He'll make some flashes a la Kadarius Tony last year when he came in, you know, and get people excited. And hopefully, you know, he'll pan out a little better just because of the quarterback, more consistency there, maybe not upside, but, you know, we see what happens. But what we're going to do now, guys, is just like the same as the other shows. We're going to talk about our MVPs, our top guys at the divisions, of each position at the in the division and our busts. 
right? So start thinking about those MVPs in the bus, but we're going to talk about our top three guys in the division. He's going to start us off with quarterbacks in this division. Go your top quarterback, T. Well, as much as it pains me to say this, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers as the top quarterback. Yeah, he's a douchebag. Yeah, say what you will. Even though he's going to have a really bad receiving core, it's still Aaron Rodgers. And he's still going to get those throws. He's still going to get those points, right? You know, so I got I got to take him. It pains me to say it. And I'm sorry, but yeah, I yeah. can't say nothing. Don't want to say nothing. Don't like Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Bombo, you're up. Well, I already let you guys know how high I am on Justin Fields, but I really believe this is a make or break year for Kirk Cousins. He has a ton of weapons now with the integration of KJ Osborne, Herb Smith coming into this offense. These are, you know, he was putting up serviceable numbers before these guys were in the offense. And I just think he's going to take that next step. There is a sense of urgency to win this division now. No more Devontae Adams. You have a rebuild in Detroit. You have a rebuild in Chicago. I believe that the Minnesota Vikings are in win now mode. That's why they went for that offensive head coach because somebody looked back and said, hey, there's a lot of weapons on this team and we need to get in the end zone and we need to take advantage of this of this division. So I got Kirk Cousins. Do you think Kirk Cousins can win the big game, Bombo? I think this is his opportunity to show that he can, regardless of if he can or not. The guy always stays with the job. He makes, he can make all the throws. The thing is just, is his head into it? I I have not seen that competitive fire outside of that, that one outburst of how you like, you, you like that. Right, I'll, exactly. I think that's, and that's what I was getting at, right? I, I miss, like, he doesn't have that fire. Yeah, I've just, just seen that one clip of him doing it. But outside of that, he, he's, I'm not going to bash the guy. I don't know him. I, I'm not, I just don't see a lot of people rallying around Kirk Cousins like he's the leader. Stefan Diggs, when he was getting his way out of town, did not mention Kirk Cousins being a reason why he wanted to stay. And, you know, Adam Thielen is going to give you the company man spiel because that, you know, he's just happy to be there and he'll talk up his quarterback. But outside of that, there's nobody that really comes to bat for Kirk. That's a good point. You know, I think that's going to leave me with, you know, I mean, I think Jared Goff's done a great job there. I think he's, you know, definitely worthy of being this pick. But I like the upside of Justin Fields, man. Yeah, even though I'm a homer, I'm thinking just strictly fantasy-wise just because of what his legs can do. And we talked about how fantasy-relevant that is when these guys can actually rush the ball. It makes up for a lot. So even if he throws for 200 yards, but he rushes for 80 and a touchdown, throws for 201, that's a good day. You're going to be you're gonna be happy, guys. You know what I mean? So Justin Fields is my number three. So, okay, that, that wraps up our quarterbacks and, and what we're doing, talking about there. So now we're going to change gears and go into running backs. All right, Bombo, you're going to start us off with this one. Who do you got in your number one running back in the division? I just have to go with the eye test and the most electrifying back in the division right now is DeAndre Swift. Great. You know, we are, you know, there's a lot of trends. You see a lot of this. I, I say DeAndre Swift is what we were seeing of Alvin Kamara three years ago. He's going into that. He is the engine of this offense. Get the he can take a negative play and take it to the house. If he stays upright, he's 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 he has been working on his body. He has been posting on social media. He's working out with Jamar Chase. He's working out with all these other guys. I got DeAndre Swift being the best back fantasy wise for this division. I, I like the description being electric i think he is great you know but there's other guys in this division who do you got t you know what bombo's absolutely right about swift so uh, you know the the next guy up to bat for me has you know only because of the fact that 
just the number of carries from a fantasy standpoint is going to be Aaron Jones because of that situation over there in Green Bay and because of that receiving core. I expect to have a heavy dosage of Aaron Jones getting fed the ball. I, I know, King, you're big on A.J. Dillon as well. But to be honest with you, Aaron Jones is the man there. He's the he's the been the man there for a while. And I really think that he's going to get a bulk of those carries. And for that fantasy numbers, I mean, this guy's going to get big numbers this year, much more than he has in, in the in the past, because he hasn't really been very relevant fantasy relevant lately. I would say over the, the course of the last, you know, two years, maybe he hasn't really done much fantasy wise. But now I expect him to actually have a really good season with points. No, but like I said, I mentioned he's like second in total touchdowns in the last two years. So he's, yeah, it's a great, I think that, you know, again, and the lack of receivers there, right? What are they going to do? You know what I mean? Really, that's the reality there. But all right, that's going to leave me with a couple guys. And there's a, there's a couple guys still left. And remember, the rules of this one are once a guy's off the board, the next guy can't mention that guy. It would be too easy. So that leaves me with Dalvin Cook. I think if Dalvin Cook could get healthy, if he can get upright for saving 15 games, guys, I think that he can put up solid numbers. You know, there was something going on with him the last couple of years. Like he didn't want to play under Zimmer or something. I don't know what it was, but he wasn't himself, man. You know, so I think hopefully this year it rejuvenates him a little bit and he gets back to the Dalvin Cook of old. So, I mean. Are you trying to, King, are you trying to say new year, new me for him? Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe I, I, I'm hoping that because I think Dalvin Cook still has some juice left, man. And he was, you know, top two, top three running back in fantasy. And he's still up sure. there in his ADP, guys. Let's understand that. You know, he's top 10 guy, but is he really? Or has he been the last couple of years or has he been a fantasy disappointment? I think he's more on that disappointment side. You know what I mean? Well, I think it kind of goes to what you always say about the ADP, right? And all of us always say, you know, you can't always just live and die by the ADP. I mean, look at what they, they got other guys high on the ADP and you you sit there and you look at it and you're like, why? No, you're right. And, and and I agree with that. But the reality is, right, is is one of the other rules is you can't look at a guy and factor in injury. You know, you have to keep it in the back of your head. So are you going to really fault a guy because of injury? And some of us do. Some of us don't. You know what I mean? So going into those years, that's the only thing I'm that kept you. his productivity down. And even when he came back, though, it's, it almost seemed like he didn't want to come back fast and play, I guess, like to me. Like he took too long for certain injuries. I don't know. I don't know. Not really sure. Whatever. I just, I just feel like it's, you know, it is what it is, but we're going to go ahead and, and move now. Cause we just talked a shitload of stuff on running backs and we're going to go into receivers. I'm going to go and start off the list. T you're going to bring in the second spot. Bombo you're bringing up the rear again, the biggest list here. I think there's guys all over the place. I got to go with double J Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I think he's the class in the division. He's been ascending the last two years. I think his touchdown ratio is going to keep going up, I think, in his system. And, and, and get me right, guys, I think that he may stay where he was last year. He may even fall a little bit this year off of those numbers because he's learning a new system. And it's going to take him a few games, right? Remember, we talked about it. We don't want these guys to think. They just have to react. When they think they're losing that split second, it's hard to make up. So I think they're going to have a little bit of that thinking about this new offense, but I think there's going to be some plays that are really easy for them and he's going to, he's going to do well on them. I just, I don't know if it's going to be enough to really 
you know, to let him take the other step this year. By next year, I think this guy's going to be in the moon. So again, Justin Jefferson, my number one guy. You're up, T. That's a great pick. So I got to go with the Darnell Mooney over there in Chicago. His chemistry with Justin Fields, you know, a lot of people kind of to Bombo's point, right? You know, you listen to the national media, you listen to this and that, you know, they, they're they're really low on him. They're low on Chicago, period. But when you look at that chemistry between those two, it, it's just undeniable, right? This guy really is emerging as a wide receiver one. He's making some incredible catches, you know, and Fields is throwing it and putting it in a spot that only Mooney can get. And it's just incredible what they're like what they were doing last year. And now you see during like camp and then during some of the, like, I, I don't know. I, I was watching the preseason and just how Mooney just kind of knows, right. To your point, King, the don't think just react. I mean, that's the chemistry that they have. They don't have to think they just react and they just do it. So it's just incredible. The, the, the way that that dynamic works between those two. So for me, it's got to be Mooney this year. No, I think that's good points. I think that, you know, I think one of the things to me that worries me is that his, his chunks come on off schedule plays a lot. And I'm just worried that he can keep with that consistency with the downfield throws. Cause you just don't see him catching the five yarders or 10 yarders. He's not getting nine or 10 receptions. You know, he's, he's getting big chunks. So, all right, Bombo, you're up. We leave you the last one. Who do you got? Well, the elephant in the room up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, is who they don't have anymore, and that's Devontae Adams. Yet, everyone still has this- Hey, what did you call me? <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, dude. All right, sorry, bro. Yeah, go ahead. Some of the so-called experts still have this team making a Super Bowl run and getting the same success that they've had. And I believe that's because it's the Alan Lazard show now. For everybody that wants Aaron Rodgers to be wrong, you got to consider what if he's right. Aaron Rodgers has advocated for the roster that he has now- he didn't speak up for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was, let's face it, he was supposed to be something for a while now, and they let him walk. If Aaron Rodgers wanted him to stay, he'd still be there. He's advocated for Alan Lazard. You know, he's advocated for guys like Jake Camaro, some of these other people that they've let go. But Alan Lazard has stayed there. And according to what I've heard, he works his ass off in practice, and he he's the one that goes out of the way to work with Aaron Rodgers. And that's the reason why he's there. He's going to get force fed the ball. And, you know, when it comes down to fantasy, it's all about being there and, and, and taking that gamble and being right about these guys. I personally would be taking him over more established guys. I'd take Lazard over like a, a Hollywood Brown. I'd take him over any of the pass catchers in, you know, on the saints, you know, and it's all about no guts, no glory, right? We talk about coconuts on this show, be that guy in your league that shows coconuts and takes Lazard earlier than later. That's your coconuts, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. Putting yeah, that shit out there, bro. That's what I'm talking about, dude. I'm fucking hot I'm belly take. bumping you right now, Doug. For sure. You know what I mean? But I think honorable mention, right, has to be a little bit Amon Ross A. Brown. He did do good last right. year, guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he was solid. You know what I mean? For but sure. all right, man. Well, okay, tight ends in this division. I mean, is Cole Komet. Cole, um, but he has to prove it, right? And that's the thing, right, is where is their relevance? He might be in one of those breakout shows we do or, you know, in one of those things, but really no one's really proven it. Even Hawkinson. I mean, can you throw him in there just because he still gets drafted because of his where he got drafted in the NFL? I think. Because that's a reality, right? Once the top four or five guys off and guys start scrambling for that tight end, they jump all over Hawk. Yeah, he right, he, and he just doesn't produce. He let a lot man. of people down last year. It's going to really affect his ADP this year, and you know, a lot of scorned 
previous owners are probably going to not be as hot on him. And you got to remember, they got to they got to keep him on that line to make up for the offensive line deficiencies. And he's a good blocker, so I, I see him not really being that first option anymore. So I really can't put Hawkinson up there with some of the elite tight ends, and not. He's not the number one tight end in this. Yeah, and, and I think he's just been a disappointment, more disappointment every year almost, Bombo. You know, coming out so highly touted out of college, nothing. I mean, he had a couple flashes, you know, a 50-yard touchdown or something with Stafford. Everyone got a boner, but nothing else. And then last year was such a fucking drop. It's like, fuck, dude, what do you expect from this guy this year? And now they're spreading the ball out and they got more weapons on the outside? I don't know, man. I mean, he's still got the 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 mainstays there. It's always he catching touchdowns, Quentin Cephas, and all those dudes too. But I mean, it's just like I don't know about Hawk. I don't know about any tight ends. Irv Smith. That's a lot of nuts. you know. Komet. Yeah, they all got upside. Yeah, they got to prove it though. It's just hard. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of potential in the NFC North with Komet, Irv Smith, Tanyan coming back, and Hawkinson being. Yeah, Tanyan can come back off his injury. Absolutely, man. No, great, great, great discussion, guys. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to do our MVPs and our busts. All right. Sweet Tea, you're going to start us off with MVPs. Bombo, you're going to start us off with busts. All right. So we're going to start with the MVP first. Sweet Tea, NFC North MVP. All right. NFC North MVP. This one is kind of tough for me because I want to say the obvious, but I'm going to put my coconuts out there a little bit and i'm going to say right now it's going to be kirk cousins and the reason why is because you have you have a wounded packer team you have a rebuilding bears and lions team and so right now to me i think the the iron is hot for the vikings and kirk cousins to strike so to me that guy is going to be this year's league MVP. He does put up big fantasy points. And I really think that he's going to put it up this year. He's got that offensive coordinator or offensive minded head coach. And I really think that's going to be the difference maker for him. Dude, that's a lot of nuts. Now I needed that fucking bite right there, Doug. That's a lot of nuts, dude. Hey, you're fucking liking you some Kirk cousins. There it is, bro. That's what I'm saying, man. You fucking like you some Kirk cousins this year, huh? I just really think that this is this is going to be the year for him to be able to do it and shine, you know. All right. All right, Bombo, your MVP of this division. MVP of this division. We are going to stay at the position of quarterback. And like I always speak about, it's all about finding that value. Right now, Justin Fields is sometimes going undrafted. And when he does go drafted, he's going drafted as a late round QB2. This guy has the potential to win your league. I repeat win your league people that jumped on the Jalen Hurts train last year were you know he did have that tail off at the end of the year but I mean he was putting up top 10 performances top five performances most of the season I can see the same thing coming from Justin Fields like I said earlier he's not going to come off the field they're going to give him every opportunity to shine and they really want to see what they got in this kid because the if you can get the quarterback situation safe and sound during a rebuild, you can only go up from there. I think he's going to be given every opportunity he can to show what he can do in this offense. And there's the things that you can't factor in. And that's what happens when the play breaks down and what he can do with his legs. I'm, I think he's going to have probably a couple of, you know, over 40 yard carries for touchdowns in his league. Then if you're, if you're in a league that puts a premium on like bonuses for big plays, he has big play potential. So I got Justin Fields. 
Wow, dude. Both you fucking guys. That's a lot of that's a lot of nuts. That's what I was gonna say, dude. Like fuck. And I thought my pick was gonna be ballsy. Fuck my Oh my yeah. Looks like it's gonna yeah, be a yeah. two-on-one. Dude, Menage mine's that mine doesn't even come close. Usually you pay double for yeah, that. Kind of I got a menage a trois pain here. My MVP is gonna be Amon Ross St. Brown, guys. I think in PPR leagues, I think with the catches you get, I think he's going to get over 120 catches because he goes across the middle. He does the dirty work. He gets the stuff to the outside. He's a very good route runner, precise, and he's got a, already a connection with Jared Goff. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be my MVP. So everyone has wow. some great takes. Obviously, mine wasn't as you know ballsy as your guys's, but hey, fucking throwing them cokies out there, dude. I love it. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Three of them were like that. Yeah. All right, man. So you're bust of the division. We're going to start with Bombo. I'll go second. T, you bring up the rear. I know you like bringing up the rear. So Bombo, you're up with your bust. For my fantasy bust in the division, we're going to go right back up to Green Bay, Wisconsin with Aaron Jones. Keep in mind, I'm not saying that he's going to shit the bed, but... For the price that you're paying for him in a draft, I just don't think he's going to produce those type of results. Yes, he has flourished with touchdowns over the past three years, but that was with Devontae Adams over there making, you know, defenses zoning in on Devontae Adams. He has had the benefit of being, you know, the defense's, you know, secondary or even third person to be take, keeping an eye on. I think people are going to be stacking, the teams are going to be stacking the box against this team. And the running back on this team that can you know, really battle a stacked box is AJ Dillon. It has less to do with what Jones can do and more to do with what AJ Dillon can do. He is the man there. I think that they're the more that they give him the ball, it'll take pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they're going to give Aaron Jones his carries and they're going to be giving him passes. I just don't think that he's going to be giving you that RB1 production that he usually is giving teams. And for that reason, I have him as being a fantasy bust. And, and everything you sound, it makes sense. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's just, it's part of the, the system. And remember, they have a new offensive coordinator. We talked about that. And, you know, yeah, you're right. I, I think AJ Dillon's built for the the long haul there. and. You know, it's curious, you know, we're, we're going to see what happens. We're going to see how this thing shakes out, you know, and it's all coming in a couple of weeks, guys. So, all right, I'm going to throw out my bust here and I'm going to throw out DeAndre Swift. And I just think again, too, it's like I said, right? I mean, I love him when he's on the field. I just think this guy's going to be one of those guys. He's got the Detroit Lion curse, Java Best, all these other guys, Billy Sims, all these other guys, guys. <laughs> Barry Sanders walks away and, you know, we still had plenty of juice left. I think he's just one of those guys who's not going to be able to do it there just because of his injuries. So my bust is going to be DeAndre Swift. I like him when he's on the field. Don't get me wrong, guys. I love him. I love me some DeAndre Swift and I would draft him just because of the upside potential. I just, I'm banking more on the same thing that he might not even play 10 games this year. Solid. You're up, T. You're number three guy there. My number three guy, we're going to go back to Green Bay, Wisconsin with the cheese heads and go Aaron Rodgers. You know, this guy is, he's just a hothead. You don't know what's going to happen with him. He doesn't have his receiving core. He doesn't have that perfect everything now. And he's going to be looking to blame everybody but himself. And you, we've all seen it in games. This guy, when he doesn't, when something doesn't go his way, he throws a hissy fit. He acts like a big baby. 
you know, and quite honestly, I'm not, I'm still not sold on their head coach. And I just think that there's, there's a lot of volatility there that's behind the scenes. That's going to start to bubble up this season. And I really think that that frustration I think that's is going to legitimate show. So for me, concerns and legitimate reasoning. My biggest, bust. you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is, this is a, a really a prove it year for him. You know, he, he's like you said, he demanded all these things and I want this money or I'm not going to play. And you better not, you know, talk about little Jordan love in front of me anymore. And you better make me a part of what goes on going forward. He threw it all out there. So this is a, a make or break it year for this guy. And I, I see it. I, he doesn't have any weapons. He's a great quarterback, but I think his attitude and yeah, you're right. His middle name is douche. Probably going to get in the way. And I think it's a solid pick, man. You know, so it, it's, it's intriguing how we think. And how all three of us sort of bring these sort of different thinkings to the table, guys. And I hope our our listeners understand that we're getting there, getting three different perceptions here and three different ways of looking at fantasy and fantasy drafts and values. And that's sort of what we're trying to bring to you, right? We don't just want to throw stats at you and let you guys, you know, digest stats. We want to give you different points of view. And that's why we're all speaking on these things. We're all talking about them so that you guys can get enough meat on that bone to figure out, okay, this is the guy sort of I'm with. He's sort of like me. He's thinking like me. You know, we're giving you that understanding and that point of view. And that might be the one guy's take that you really want to latch on to. But, hey, you know what? Maybe T does have a, a point there. You know, maybe not so many on RW King because he's out there all the time. But I'm just saying, you know, like there's going to be people out there that sort of connect. And that's what we're trying to bring you. So we're going to go ahead and stop there, man. We're going to keep rolling this ball later. And we got another show popping up to end the, the divisional coming up. But we're almost through it, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Bombo, great show. T, great show. We are out. Later. Peace.